Hello and welcome back to another episode of a podcast about a game you may or may not have already played. I'm Juicebox. And I'm Jackson. And it's dangerous to go alone, so come with us as we review this week's video game. It's Period. Oh, we Period. did it! Period. Episode <laughs> 16. <laughs> it, only took, it only took that many tries, but I got it. It's going to be um, legendary. Everyone's going to remember realized, episode 16. Right? It's when I realized how simple it was that I was like, oh, <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. Every yes. time we, we bring it up, you're like, oh, it's so easy. Why am I? Why? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I would draw a blank every single time, you yeah. know, but it's it's... Oh, I did it though. I figured it out. I did so it. You. And uh, it's going to be a big day. It's going to be a good big it's day. It's a good day. It's 3 p.m. here. Mm-hmm. I've gotten this right. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished the game that we were about to review last night. So Fresh in your mind. I know. So it's fresh. Really good. And really, really, really fun. Um, but how are you before we start? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, the work thing is a thing. And um, working on the internet being a public face on the internet where gaming is uh is a key topic can be tough it can be tough but it's a rough go it's a rough go of things but i'm having fun with it still uh still working on some cool stuff on that side of things on my side of things it's it's the day after valentine's day that we're recording this and yesterday on on the old live stream twitch.tv slash final jacks we played a kaiju dating game mm-hmm. where we were just cute cartoon monsters uh destroying international landmarks in the name of love i love that yeah so that was fun. That was fun. How about you? You just got back from another trip. I just got back from Tofino. Um, beautiful trip. Very excited. Beautiful, f- gorgeous. Got to do natural hot springs. We got to see a bunch of stuff. We we were flown up by Zed Hotel to advertise for their Shaggin' Wagon. They treated us incredibly. Zed Hotel is like the most queer inclusive place that I have probably ever been in my life. Um, so 10 out of 10 would recommend, but just so happy to be home. So so happy to be in my own bed. I feel like I've been nonstop since like really last summer, but like I had like at the end of last year, I had about two months where nothing really happened. I was home mm-hmm. for a really long time, but then like December happened, like mid December happened. Yeah. And I feel like I've maybe gotten one weekend like at home. Like yeah. it's been like on top of family responsibilities and Christmas and work, I've just been everywhere. And yeah. it's like, I just would love to be at home. Cooking and, my own meals. And now you will be for at least two weeks. At least two weeks. And now I'm like able to like get a lot of my health concerns like looked at and fixed mm-hmm. up, which is really, really nice. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure like I'm pretty sure I have Crohn's, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I know. I've been having a lot of gastrointestinal problems and Crohn's is something in my family. If I have a I have mm-hmm. some cousins who have Crohn's. So I'm like, oh, that would suck. But um it would be nice to just know. <laughs> Knowing's half the battle, right? Yeah, you know, and then it's like, I can deal with whatever is wrong with me, but I just want to know what's wrong with me, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like you're getting better at flying. Is that, is that accurate to say? I feel like, I mean, you, you, you are constantly traveling for work, but I feel Mm -hmm. like I remember it being a much bigger challenge for you in the past. I I remember like, 
yeah, before a flight, like the whole like two days before I would be an anxious mess. I'd be worried. I would like get to the point where I would like shut down. You know, when you get so anxious, you just can't do anything. Mm -hmm. That would be me. And I'd be like unable to do things like on the flight. I'd be shaking. Someone next to me would have to calm me down. Um, Now, night and day. Do you know what changed it? Do you know what the big game changer was? Mm. Um, AirPod Pros. Yeah, you've mentioned that to me, actually, because I'm also a bit of an anxious flyer. It, it's very uh, circumstantial for me, but that was your big, your big recommendation. It's huge. It like, oh, sorry. sorry. It's huge. It like cuts out all the loud noises. So you kind of just can feel a little bit more calm because I think half the battle is that loud noise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it cuts all that out. It becomes a lot more of a relaxing experience for you to tune out the things that scare you. I've gotten better at turbulence, realizing like turbulence can't bring a plane down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of like scary and annoying. Mm-hmm. I did have a few moments on the flight home where like I would fall asleep. Like I would go to like I would sleep on the plane and then like the turbulence would like wake me up. And I thought that the whole plane was crashing and Mr. Box had to be like, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of mental gymnastics. I found the same thing. I mean, managing your anxiety almost always is. It's kind of a, a looking at it from different perspectives until you can kind of make your peace with where you're at i guess but yeah for me flying it was always a bunch of like almost surrendering to something you have no control over if that plane goes down i can't stop it anyway so that's i don't know man point in time that i'm like uh i've seen some real rad things of people jumping out of like high stuff on this game we're about to talk about so i i feel like i'd be able to do it you're you think that today's game has prepared you to take over a plane and land it safely no, but jump out of it at least. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's game is... God of War 2018. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. just finished this, like you mentioned. I did. I just finished God of War. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there was 400 million of them before because it's an entire franchise. Mm-hmm. But this was the latest in the the like Norse mythology gods. So I started with this one. Um and uh, yeah i finished it last night i think i put in about i would say like i think a good like 30 hours of gameplay in this and i have barely scratched the surface on Mm -hmm. actually finishing it i just mainlined the story Mm -hmm. um with some extra little bit and like it's still only 30 percent like done right which is wild to me but yeah i played this a while back i streamed it I played on my PS4. You played on your PS5, correct? I did. Beautiful. And in terms of the series itself, I'm sure I'm not, I was not super familiar with the series prior to now. I remember it when I was a kid because it was always in these conversations of like art games too mature for kids because there's like in the original games, sure, a lot of blood and gore, but there's also like sex scenes and like video games firstly video games have never gotten that right it's always always inevitably awkward and uncomfortable but yes in a border like inappropriate depending on who who the audience is so you're watching kratos get his dick wet uh i think yeah well i think he goes to bed with a few and i i don't know how graphic the nudity is but it's enough for, for the conversation so I, I was aware of the, the the series from that reputation that it had. And then mm-hmm. in the past, I was dating someone who, who wanted to play the remaster. So I saw a little bit of it. But outside of that trilogy, this was like a hard... It was a hard left turn. It wasn't quite a reboot mm-hmm. because it is a continuation of the story. But mm-hmm. it's completely different gameplay style, different storytelling approach. All of these things are changed out, right? So... 
I would say for myself and my experience and, and hopefully for yours, that this is a good starting point into the series. I never felt left out or confused. I felt that had I played those original games, there was a few nods that would have made things a lot more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing that I was ever felt that I was sitting in the dark with. Well, there was a few, like, there's a few things in it that I could tell were nods because I knew nothing about the original games. Yeah. Right. But then like, I remember at one point you find out that the son is named after someone from the original games, mm. you know, like a whole storyline and like, um, but my, my big question is, is the wife in the original, like mm-hmm. the dead, the dead wife, is she in the original games? She is. And I guess this is spoilers, but for the older games. Oh, sorry. Mm-mm. I don't know. There's a whole storyline that I know is referenced, but I don't know. Because the game opens. I, I think it's hardly a spoiler when it's the opening scene. It's the first scene. Yeah. You're burying your wife. You're No, well, you're burning you're, her. You're burning her. You're not doing yeah. the, the traditional send-off. You're doing the uh, the Kratos send-off. So, yes, you light um, her on fire. Yeah, so it starts with that, but there's that's where I thought I was just like, okay, is this a character or is this just like a new? Is this something new we're all seeing? I'm actually not a hundred percent sure on that one. I guess it would have had to happen in the third God of War. I want to say yes, just based off of it would be a really strange approach for a studio to say, "Hey, care about this scene if you had no if this character didn't exist in, in anything prior." I guess, yeah. I mean, she does. You you see her a bit in the in Ragnarok. I started Ragnarok, oh, so you do you see her a bit in Ragnarok, like um, flashback scenes, I guess. Yeah, dream sequences right at the beginning. But oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah, Ragnarok really pulls at the strings too. Whoa! Mm. But the I found that this one, yeah. So it starts off with her basically being burned. She's dead, so they're burning her, uh, and the whole story is you've got to bring her ashes to the highest point to to spread them yeah so this game um as kind of a general broader sense overview is essentially that adventure and it is shared between kratos the main character big dad god of war and Mm -hmm. his son atreus atreus i always want to say artemis and i don't know why atreus um and it's he's what 11 and oh i think he may be younger is he younger than 11 he i think he he might be younger a wee lad yeah he reads very young yeah, he's a young lad, um, and he's kind of going through this adventure with his dad. His dad has tried to bury his history as the god of war and some of the atrocities he committed in such. So he is kind of peeling back a little bit of his own personality for his son to see his real father. And the way that he raised his son, him and his wife, was that they did not make the son aware that they were gods. No, he's a god, mm-hmm. but Faye, the the wife, right, 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 wasn't a god. Mm-hmm. So, so he's half god. Atreus is yes. yeah, he's demigod, half god. He's like he, well, mm, I don't yeah. know if there's a difference between those two, honestly. There's the yeah, but then yeah. So, yeah. so basically, it's a almost coming of age story for him learning more about his own roots and responsibilities and abilities and powers etc while also learning more about his father and it is it this whole game has really sweet tones of 
this father-son relationship. And I will say that it definitely grows into it. Initially, it feels very cold. Yeah, well, you could tell that he's just sort of like, I think it's meant to give you that like build. Mm -hmm. Because at the beginning, he's just a cock. You know, he's just Kratos, an abs Kratos is just a dick. And the kid yeah. is like really whiny and like really just like desperately craving any kind of interaction with his father, especially yeah. now that his mother's dead. But game, but like story wise, so good. So good. So good. Especially so like right from the jump, like you right from the start, you start to see this beefy story that they're about to give you. And we can dive more into that once we hit mm -hmm. spoiler, spoiler time. But mm -hmm. I guess one of the biggest draws to this game, I think, is the story. I would say, if not, I think it's probably the number one. Now, that being said, it did not falter on almost anything else. Gameplay-wise, um, abilities in combat, music, tension, settings, scenes, like everything. Everything mm -hmm. about this game is, is fantastic. So while the story is the number one draw, if you're not a big story buff, like myself sometimes, uh, there's still something incredible for you in this game. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a story person, so I was very satiated. Mm -hmm. I think my, my issue is I was also streaming it where I tend to pay borderline zero attention for, for short periods of time. Um, mm -hmm. And I can share more on that story specifically once we dive into to the story details, because there is something noteworthy tied to my playthrough with the community. Um, but let's dive into to gameplay and combat, mm -hmm. because I think it has a deep RPG system with a yeah. lot of different approaches to your weapons and your, your, your combat itself. Did you find at any point in time that there were more mechanics than you were making use of? Yes. Yeah. So, so much. Mm -hmm. Just like, because originally, so you originally start off with the axe. Yep. And you have some mechanics with the axe that you can use. But then as you play, not only do you gain more than just the axe, you gain other things. But then you also gain like the ability to do other um, moves, which yeah. I found to be hard <laughs> to like access yeah. where it would be like press L1 and R2 to do this really cool thing. But then there's like eight other things that you could do with L1 and R2. So it's like, how do you figure out which one is which? And then like, sometimes I would do L1 and R2 and it just wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I would just be like, all right. I'm just going to spam R1 and then randomly an R2 and then double hit an L1, L R1 and hope to God something happens. Mm -hmm. So I did find the mechanics of the fight really hard. And I play on easy. Like I play yeah. on, I just want to watch the story. You know, I just want to have a good time, hack and slash, and then see some beautiful imagery. Right. So I found that to be really difficult. I liked the Atreus arrow. Yeah, so there's what, one button push that you can basically call your kid to shoot an arrow at a specific enemy and you can dive in and help. Yeah, and you can change what kind of arrows he uses. Some are some have more stun, some have more like electric, like it changes as the gameplay goes. But yeah, and I found with like it was it, 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 with um like building out the the armor and building out the upgrading the weapons and stuff it was really confusing almost like what would be a better weapon versus what would be a worse weapon i found there's just so much information mm -hmm. 
right on how to create like good stuff in this like it's like you could spend like already an hour just trying to figure out just how to upgrade or purchase the correct weaponry and armor to wear so i found that was while fun confusing yeah i needed a book there's definitely deep rpg elements to this game so you Mm -hmm. can get different axe handles and axe heads and axe talismans so even your weapon has three or four subcategories for upgrading and changing out and customizing. And like you said, it adds different stats and caters to different play styles. Then there's, you know, your bracers and your chest piece and like your armor and that side of things. And then there's, there's a lot of different layers to it. So it's definitely there for the people that admire that depth in games. For me, I love loot in games and I love being able to make myself look like a badass and collect pieces that really complement each other and now I have a full suit of blank armor and that mm-hmm. sort of thing but it definitely can convolute and and be unapproachable to people who aren't looking for that specific experience and on the combat side of things to echo what you're saying there's a million different combos and and skill sets and and abilities that that you can learn and even me who kind of enjoys that side of things, I found myself using maybe 30% of them. But what I will say is they did a good job of providing elements that are there for the people that are looking for them, but can be effectively ignored by the people that don't want to. And I think that that is a fantastic, fantastic element of game design. If you have something added to your game that Mm. people love, and the people that don't can completely ignore it, I think you've done something right. Oh my god, that's so smart, because yeah, I just completely ignored a lot of stuff. And you made it all the way through. You didn't you weren't you weren't hung up on anything. You weren't unable yeah. to progress because you didn't you didn't equip a specific item or a specific mm-hmm. ability. And and I think that that's really admirable. It it provides a level of approachability to a game who I think knows that the story is going to draw people in. And they don't want to turn people off by hitting them with big challenges that they don't want to handle. No. And I didn't even find like, like, again, I do it on easy mode. So even Mm -hmm. on easy mode, there was some parts that were very difficult. Like I do find that this isn't like someone's first game. Yeah. You know, like if this is the first game you're picking up and you've never played a video game before in your life, you're going to, you're going to be like, ah, it's a bit hard. You know, so, and I, I found it to be a bit challenging and it took me a while to kind of figure out the controls and figure out what worked and how to do what and stuff. But I play games all the time. So it was easy for me to kind of take on, but it took me a bit, you know, mm-hmm. so I did enjoy it. It felt a little bit more like an adult's video game. Like it didn't yes, feel yeah. like a kid's game, especially oh, yeah. with those aspects. Yeah. I did the cocky asshole approach. and was like, I'm going to play this game on hard. And then like you 30 minutes know. in, I was like, nope, not doing that bringing that down especially the first fight scene is so hard first fight was really challenging and i think it's probably by design a little bit of trial by fire of like we're gonna make sure that you know what's going on um before you progress into this game in any way but again overall i think it did a lot with these combat mechanics and and gameplay mechanics to make it accessible to other people and we talk about it all the time on this podcast play whatever difficulty you want it's not important there's no gatekeeping no one gives a shit. Just play the game the way you want to play. Easy, the game. easy. Play easy, it on easy, easy if you want. Every time, bitch. Yeah. Like every time. I would never play a game on hard. Why would I want to do that? Mm. You know, it's already hard. <laughs> okay. So walk me through what you think 
about the visual aspects of this game. So as we know, um, PlayStation games are kind of newer for me. Like the 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 so seeing like like with Spider Man and uh, Last Jedi and stuff, like seeing how beautiful that they can create the worlds. And these for me, I was blown fucking away. I thought it was just the coolest thing, mm-hmm. right? That the 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 way that they could create this like beautiful like Scandinavian kind of worlds right like with the snow and the water and uh these huge elaborate buildings that are like just in ruins and stuff and i thought it was gorgeous like everything about it was just so beautiful that like no matter what you did in the game you were looking at something really pretty uh and i like how the gameplay really seamlessly went in and out it doesn't fall into a cutscene where -hmm. it like stops goes into a cutscene and then it's like the prettier version right it's like really really hd like no matter what even if it was a cutscene, the way it would just zoom differently and show different yeah. things and then zoom out and you knew you were kind of back in your gameplay like i just thought it was flawless yeah for me i think this is probably the first game that i remember having that seamless cutscene integration we can call it i guess where mm-hmm. you're right you, it goes from gameplay to the camera moves away from your character a little bit to show you a couple of other interactions. And then it cuts and then it slides back into position. And you're like, oh, now I'm in control. But it doesn't change the graphical fidelity whatsoever. And on the other side of things, there was no loading screens at any point oh, in this game. So There's nice. not a single moment where you hit a loading bar and a stationary static image on your screen. Instead, they have moments where you're moving between completely different worlds. And instead, they put in an animation and utilize it as an opportunity. Sorry, when I say animation, I mean basically a walk cycle. You're walking along a bridge until the portal to the next world appears. And they use it as an opportunity to kind of develop chemistry between the two characters, between... um, Not just you and and your son. Also, the head. Oh, yeah, the head. The head. I love that head. The head? I love that head. I forget his name, but I love that head. I love when he tells you stories on the boat. Mm-hmm. I, if I, he will be there, there's this head that you eventually uh, get. I can't fucking remember what his we'll name is. We'll figure out his name by the time we go into spoilers. He's, he's the smartest man in the world, whatever. So you end up with this head. I would dead ass. He'd be telling a story like these North mythology stories. And he stops telling the story when you dock the boat. He'd be like, we'll finish this story later. Yeah. Sometimes I would just be sitting in the boat whoa i just wanted to hear the story you know i just chill on the boat and i'm like yeah. he's almost done i'm just gonna listen to the story and wait for him to finish because it's just like they were just so well done and it's like mm-hmm. a beautiful conversation that they're all having it's not just him telling a story like the kids asking questions randomly you'll hear kratos just be like no like it's great so, yeah, I, so I love those i i do as well uh, i think just the way that they were implemented was so impressive one of the most memeable lines i guess in the entire game is boy because oh kratos refers to his son as boy constantly so on that topic break break down for me what you think the the voice acting from this game was like oh i loved it i thought it was great yeah like it mostly like you could tell atreus had to put in a lot more work because he has a lot more lines Mm -hmm. right and when kratos kind of has his little bit more of the quiet approach but everything about each character and like the way that other growth went it didn't feel like there was any just throwaway characters in this right felt like everybody was kind of there for a reason so yeah no loved it great yeah the voice acting i think 
is another just super polished element to this game. And, and I think every part of this game is. So Christopher Judge, who plays Kratos for God of War Ragnarok last year, won the game award for bo- best voice acting in, in a game. Text and out. he proceeded to go on stage and give a eight and a half minute acceptance speech. The longest really? in any award show history. Any award show ever eight and a half minutes and i watched it live and let me tell you it felt like eight and a half minutes i was like this is so uncomfortable al pacino introduced him gave him the award and al pacino just stood in the back for eight and a half minutes looking frail what did he talk about he just talked about the process and he hyped it was cool it was a cool speech it was meaningful he hyped up the 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 kid who did the voice acting and, and performance capture for atreus in the second game so he mm-hmm. talked about him and how like he is the future of this industry and stuff and i was like cool like i'm all for someone going up on stage for an acceptance speech and sharing that acceptance and sharing that award and credit with someone else right yeah, to me yeah. i think that's always very very heartfelt adele um, to beyonce last year yes adele dazim not adele to see <laughs> But those types uh, of moments to me, I think, are very, very meaningful. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think overall the, the voice acting is incredible. Do you want to dive into spoiler territory? Sure. Sure. So we can talk more about the story specifically. Um, and I think touch on a little bit more of the world and the world building side of things as well. So if you are looking to dodge out of spoilers, we will put the time code in the description of this video and you can meet us on the tail end for our uh, our verdict goodbye goodbye all right so walk me through this story you finished it last night it's a lot fresher in your mind the mm-hmm. emotional impact i believe is is more substantial to you than it is to me having played this a couple years ago walk me through it so the way that the story goes is basically Kratos and Atreus are living in this home together. They're burning his wife, Faye, which you find out, you actually find out her name in Ragnarok. You never, you only hear your mother the first whole first game. That's why I was oh, like, I don't know if she's a character. Yeah. So um, they basically burn her, decide like, okay, we have to bring, she wants her ashes to be spread out on the top of the highest mountain, you know, whatever. Eventually, uh, this guy shows up and he basically wants to fight Kratos. You get into this massive first fight, which is so true about like you fig- sh- saying like, this is what you're kind of getting into. It is so mm-hmm. fucking hard. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. He just mm-hmm. won't die because apparently he can't feel pain. Um, and you go through this massive big fight and then you just kind of like start your journey from there. And it's it's about this like growth between Atreus and Kratos trying to find this common goal of like spreading his mother's ashes and then there's tons of twists and turns throughout the whole thing you end up uh you end up finding out you're in midgard and that you're not actually at the highest point when you eventually get there you have to go to joltenheim which is the which is the giant's realm Mm -hmm. uh to spread the ashes and then like the twists at the end were wild to me that i was not expecting in the least bit So walk me through it because this is what happened. I was streaming and played the entirety of this game and paid attention like 70% and got to a point where one of my mods said, cool, we're switching this chat to emojis only, emotes only, so that Jackson can pay attention because this is important. 
And then the big twist happens in the final scene. And I was like, okay. And they were like, you didn't, you didn't get it. You weren't paying attention enough. And so what's the connection? Cause I honest, I'm honestly asking to Thor because he ends up in the final scene. Thor. Doesn't he? No. Shut up. Let me look. Also the, the head's name is uh, Mimir. Mimir. I love that man. Mm-hmm. No, the big twist. So the big twist at the end. So again, the huge spoiler, huge, huge, huge spoiler. The big twist at the end of God of War is they make it to Joltenheim. They go to the top to spread his mother's ashes. But before they do that, um, Atreus touches the wall and sees like everything fo- like break down. And he sees the basically a prophecy of him, him and Kratos's journey, which they had already laid out and then they find out that his mother was actually a giant okay and that kratos if kratos didn't know this and the so that means atreus is half giant half half god God. and then you basically see um kratos's death um prophesized and um you find out that his mother to her people called atreus loki that's what it was. It wasn't Thor. It was Loki. It was brother, Loki. So he's Loki. Loki. So he's basic. Is. Yeah. So that's it. I think it plays into the whole like Loki is from the Frost Giants kind of thing. So he's actually Thor's brother. So I think there's some kind of like I haven't seen in Ragnarok yet. Um, I'm still pretty early in Ragnarok, Ragnarok, but I think there may be some kind of more of a connection to Odin than we really know. And there might be more of a connection to Thor than we really know. Yeah, Thor was big into the promotional materials for God of War Ragnarok. Big Thor, though. Not muscle, not muscle bound, hot Thor. We're no, talking I don't know. Keg, carrying around a keg Thor. He was, I don't know, he was really doing it for me. When I saw him in was that he? first scene, I was like, that's a, ooh, that's a big boy. Oh my God. Does, does Thor and God Ragnarok fall into bear category? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not usually into bears, but this one was... Uh, who, this was uh, doing it for you, okay. Who is really taking it home for me. More than Chris know. Hemsworth, you think? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think in my brain, Chris Hemsworth is like one of the most perfect human beings on this planet. It's a very straight way to look at things. You think so? Yeah, because he's Do very think- just like... Is, is Chris Hemsworth not as lusted over as I would expect in the gay community? I think uh, Chris Hemsworth and Ryan Reynolds are very yeah. much like what straight people, like straight men can see as like an appropriate man for them to lust over. Interesting. Because they basically are like very the male gaze, like what men think they want to see. But I think what that comes down to is like they're just seeing what they want themselves to look like. Um, I think mm. when it comes to like gay people while he chris hemsworth is beautiful he's right. so fucking hot yeah i'm not gonna say he's not but i think when it's when it comes down to like that like i think this thor for some reason this thor i just thought was more attractive because like mm. i don't know just he was really really big maybe that was it and like mm. i think seeing fatness sometimes people see fatness as like an ugly thing but sure. it's like his fatness was more like the fat wrapped around absolutely massive muscles. Mm. So he just looked like strong. He looked big. He looked like he could protect you. Yeah. My God. There's uh, one of my, well, I guess it's not one of my favorite movies, but Paul with Nick Frost and and Simon Pegg, and they meet an alien voiced by Seth Rogen. And Mm -hmm. Nick Frost is a bigger guy and people make fun of his weight. 
and he says that it's not it's not fat it's power and and Period. later comes out and is big and strong and i'm like i'm into that i like that reframe <laughs> be nice to I each other that. where um, are we though so there there's the connection to loki yes so that's loki the connection, and then the to connection loki. to thor so then that's where i stumbled a little bit but so the twist is basically you find out that this whole time you your son is loki yeah and my response was okay, okay. that's cool and people screening. didn't like that. People didn't like that. What was your response? I was like, I thought it was so cool. I was just like, yeah. whoa, that's awesome. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't, I felt like people said I was going to be a lot more emotional at the end of this one. And for me, I was kind of just like, meh. Like, I yep. wasn't really emotional. I was like, I was just kind of relieved we finally made it there. Mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed, actually, with the ending. I found the ending to be very anticlimactic. Interesting. Because when you, yeah, you, when you get there, you find out all these things. Like, she's a giant. He's actually Loki. Like, all these things. Uh, you spread the ashes. And then it kind of just you go back into Midgard and there's like an eternal winter. So you can mm. still play the game, but just in snow, you know? So I was kind of just like, Oh, that's it. Like there isn't like a big fight. There isn't like a big, well, big, big end. It just kind of ends. It just kind of fizzles away. Remembering like, a th wasn't the 30 minutes leading up to that narrative dumping, just like a massive action sequence. Uh... That's what I'm vaguely remembering about the end. Just really? being like, this is like incredible action along the way. So I guess on on kind of two different fronts, from a narrative perspective, I feel like, yeah, that could be kind of a letdown to just get to the end. And it's a bit of a dumping of, of, of lore. And then the emotional impact is lessened a little bit. But I think the, the climax was intended to be in the action sequence. And if you're chasing the story more than you're chasing the gameplay then yeah, I could absolutely see that kind of being a little bit. Maybe of a I did a lot of side quests after I finished that big, big sure. action scene sure. uh, because it didn't feel like the end to me. Mm. You know, when we, when we, you get that big climax and you fight, uh, what's his name? Is it Balder? Uh, Balder. Yeah. You yeah. have that big fight with Balder and then. Um, so Balder Freya. was the guy from the beginning as well, right? Yeah. He's the guy from the beginning. You eventually, yeah. he eventually feels pain. You eventually get him to feel pain. So then you can actually fight him. But Freya doesn't want you to kill him because it's Freya's son. Oh, yeah, right. uh, yeah. Freya so then, is a witch that helps you along the way. Yes. And she she's the one that gives up... Atreus uh, special arrows and shit as well. Right. Yeah. She's mm -hmm. basically like your kind of like uh, on top of the, the gnomes or the, the elves, not the elves, the dwarves. The dwarves, on Brother top of the dwarves, dwarves, very good characters, very good side. Solid. Characters. That's yeah. how. I, that's when I knew it was an adult uh, game. Is when they were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "Oh wow, <laughs> you're talking to me." I was like, "Oh, language." Um, but <laughs> yeah. So so basically, after that big fight scene, like that, it's huge. Like it's a big beefy fight scene, but it's very similar to the first one you do. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is so fun." I just figured that there would just be more of those or another one, but no, it just. I think you do that and then you go and you spread her ashes and it just kind of ends. Sorry, I yawned. Uh, it just, you spread her ashes and it just kind of ends. But I think that's what really alludes it to that God of War Ragnarok is that it is a literal direct continuation. Oh, do you like step off the, the end of the first game right into the beginning of the second game? Kind of. It's very like four years later. Like okay. it's one of those kind of things. <laughs> uh, like Atreus is aged. He's gotten a bit older. So I think oh, that's, that's why I was fine with it being such an anticlimactic ending is because if you're starting to play Ragnarok right after, it feels like a direct continuation of the story you were just on. Like yeah. the game mechanics are almost identical. They're, mm -hmm. they're a little different because it's PS5 instead of PS4. But yeah. 
That's cool. I know we touched on it very, very briefly, but this game does have very open world opportunities as well, where you get to a certain point in the narrative and then it's like, you can go almost anywhere. There's a lot of collectibles, which are are pretty par for the course when you look at those types of games. Mm -hmm. Did you find the world easy to explore? Was it enjoyable to explore? I find something with the PS4 and PS5 games is that a lot of stuff with the Switch, if you want to explore, you can jump or you can grab onto things. You can right. climb on whatever. When I find these open world games, you have to be prompted to jump or prompted to climb or prompted to go up somewhere. You can't just touch anything. You have to be like allowed to touch it, you know? Mm-hmm. So like to get to certain places, it's just like, oh, I can't jump from here because this won't allow me to jump. So I can't get there, you know? So that's the only thing I found frustrating. mm -hmm. I think Breath of the Wild kind of ruined games from, it set an unrealistic standard that no one else can really keep up to, where it's like, you can climb anything. You see anything, you can go there, you can get to the top of it for the most part. And it's just, it's it's not always attainable for a lot of games, especially one with such high fidelity as as God of War. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. But I I felt that the, the... the big open world felt expansive but not too big there was the side quests that some of them didn't feel super meaningful but for the most part more to do in your favorite game you know when you did a fucking side quest and you finished it and mm-hmm. then it would just be like a regular schmegular little like i remember at one point you have to go collect all these bones mm-hmm. and you got to travel fucking far to get these goddamn bones someone's someone's dead spouse right yeah, then you get the, right the bones, you go back, and spoiler alert, it's literally just like one of those witch monsters. That's it. Oh yeah, like, they come out and they fight you. <laughs> they just fight you, that's it. And it's just one of them, and you fight it, and it's done. And then, it, basically, it just turns into a teachable moment, where Atreus is just like, I thought I'd be able to talk to mom again, you were right. And he goes, I was right. Like, it's just, whole, I was so mad. I was like, no more fucking side quests for the next hour. I'm pissed. <laughs> side quests, you're on timeout. I was just like, are you kidding me? It didn't even give me like a cool thing to like mm-hmm. add into my stuff. It was just like, I'm just going to fight this girly. And it's supposed done. to be a little narrative payoff, I guess. They also had, on. we talked about earlier, just kind of having these layered experiences for people that are searching for them that are easily ignorable by people that don't care. Did you mm-hmm. do any of the Valkyrie fights? There's so hard or something. So, 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 so. They're so, meant so, so, to be four. like nails hard as nails difficulty but if you finish them all there's an achievement and a set of armor if i'm not mistaken i think so so the only reason i didn't i so i started i did one and i lost almost immediately then later on in the game i lit all of the i lit all eight of the things like Mm -hmm. that were named after valkyries um and it it gave me a talisman that would make it easier for me to fight valkyries yeah so now valkyrie like hits are like cut by a percentage so it's easier to fight valkyries but it's still fucking so hard yeah so i haven't gone back to fight them because there's only four and i did find the like hall of the valkyries the like secret hall of the valkyries so i think i want to like go back fight them and then see if they're like there the valkyries in the game though are beautiful because they're like these beautiful winged women like they Mm -hmm. look like angels with like Mm -hmm. metal on them so they're really gorgeous but they're just so so hard so hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right i think it's time 
that we we welcome back people that skip spoilers and we we dive into our final verdict here so what is your final takeaway for god of war 2018 i would give god of war 2018 ps4 ps5 a solid nine out of ten broken relationships with fathers oh <laughs> oh. didn't we have we had one that was pokemon that was like four disappointed dads or some shit like that <laughs> oops really hitting hard into the the father-son yeah. dynamic yeah um for me and it, it's been a while but from what i remember enjoying from this game and the, the whole experience around it uh i want to give it uh eight and a half uh rippling chris hemsworth thors out of nine eight and a half out of nine eight and a half out of nine Okay. Yeah. Now, why not 10? Because I wanted it to be out of 9. Period. Um, okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to I'm not going to I'm going to roll with it. Uh yeah, no, I agree. It, it's like a nearly perfect game. Like story yeah. is beautiful, gameplay is incredibly fun. Um v- visually stunning. Uh always something to do. Like I put in at least mm-hmm. like 30-40 hours and that was just mainline game. Mm-hmm. Right? So like with with I would say like I would say I did about 10% side quest. Mm-hmm. Right? So like if you wanted to finish the into- the whole game, you'll be playing for at least a hundred to 150 hours. You know? Yeah. So there's so 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 much to do. So yeah, love it. Never a dull moment in that game. No, it's great. Cool. Well that wraps up this episode. Cool. Thanks for for hanging out and making it this far. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to come back every single week where we are going to be reviewing a game that you might have already played or might not have. We're not really sure. And I don't know if we really care because this is just fun for us, you know? I agree. And mm-hmm. what do you want to talk about next week? We can do Dead Space or... I think we're going to do Dead Space next week. Okay. Um, if I finish Ragnarok, maybe we could do Ragnarok. But I think, I think let's do Dead Space next week because that's a newer game, right? Yeah. Dead Space yeah, remake. Let's... Came out at the let's, end of January. Let's do Dead Space. And then uh, maybe the week after we'll do Ragnarok because I should be done by then. Cool. Um, and the few on my list right now are Last of Us 1 and 2. Mm. And I want to do, um, oh my God, what is it called? Uh, it comes with all the PS, the PlayStations. So you're like a You're like a girl and you fight evil robot monsters. Give me more. Give me, give me. Uh... I'm going to figure out, but okay. that one, that's on my sure. list too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell back, you about it tonight. Next, come back next week to s- help solve that mystery. Of <laughs> we'll tell you if we figured it out. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week on It's Dangerous to Go Alone. Bye everybody. Bye.